Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 to 33. Hear now God's word to us. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered them, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. This is the word of the Lord. This week, we're beginning a mini-sermon series on uh, highlighting some of the parables of Jesus about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And I, as I reflected on this, I think Derek's sermon last week is a perfect transition into this. He reminded us that we need to stop looking to the past, stop looking to how things used to be and trying to get back there, because we're always going to end up right back where we are. And instead, we need to build hope now, here, in the present. I think this is so relevant because the parables about the kingdom of God are about how we actually do that, how we go about building hope now and here. So let's pray and then dive into the weeds. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon me that these words might become for us a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In the name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But then at night, while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. Some time went by, and as the plants began to grow, the weeds appeared as well. And the servants who are wanting to help produce a good crop go to the master grower seeking explanation as to what happened. They're eager to get in there and get rid of these weeds. It's very much like us and our problems, right? We make a good plan. We plant good seed. We've thought through all the details, and we think we know how things will go. And then a problem arises. 
an issue comes up, and what's our response? We want to fix it right away. We want to handle the issue and get our plans back on track. And yet the master grower says to the servants, let it be. Because he knows that if they were to take out the weeds now, they would almost inevitably uproot some of the good wheat as well. And so instead, he tells the servants to wait and be patient. I can't imagine that this was a hard or an easy answer for the servants to hear. What? You want us to wait and continue watching the wheat and the weeds grow all mixed together? Possibly making it harder for the wheat to grow? Making it struggle and suffer against these weeds around it? But apparently, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Waiting for the harvest. Watching the children of God growing beside temptation and causes of sin. All three parables actually have elements of waiting. Waiting for the harvest, waiting for the tiny mustard seed to grow large enough for birds to nest in it. Waiting for the measure of yeast to spread and rise before the delicious bread can be savored. Waiting is difficult, and yet it is what the kingdom of God is like, apparently. Waiting. I hardly need to describe what waiting is like when we're all in the midst of this world pandemic. We waited to see if and when it would land on our shores. We waited to see whether things would shut down. Then we waited to see which of our events and trips would get canceled. We waited in the red phase, not really knowing how long we were going to be at home and businesses closed. And then we waited as things began to reopen for a resurgence in cases. And now we're back at home waiting once again. We have made plans for the summer and for the fall, but they're not really that concrete because we don't really know what's going to happen. We're still waiting to find out. We're also not new to waiting either. Maybe you were waiting on that college application letter or waiting to meet your spouse, waiting on that job interview or waiting to get pregnant, waiting and saving money towards that first house, or waiting for those test results from the doctor. Like the servants, we are anxious to take out the weeds. We want to fix the problem and fix it now. And so often this shows us that our timetable is not the same as God's. We have plans and ideas. We even have solutions and answers. And we want God to conform to it. But in the kingdom of God, God asks us to wait and be patient. Thankfully, we're not alone in our waiting. 
God is having to wait and be patient too. God doesn't want to see his field contaminated by weeds. God doesn't want to see us struggle and suffer. It's not something that he enjoys. And yet, he also is not going to start the harvest early because he wants as much wheat to grow as possible. Yet God's patience can often feel like a cop-out or carelessness, especially when the weeds that surround us look like a global pandemic or systemic racism, ongoing poverty and increasing wealth disparity, inadequate access to food and sexism, neglect and abuse, and so much more. God's patience can be very frustrating for us. Yet even as Christ tells us to wait for the harvest, we can also look to Christ's ministry and see that it was anything but carelessness. He walked among sinners. He called them to be his followers. He healed the sick even on the Sabbath. He gave sight to the blind and helped the lame walk. He rose people from the dead, and he welcomed foreigners, women, and children. Jesus' life and work and teachings make it clear that the kind of waiting that we do in the kingdom of God is not complicity with injustice, and it is not inaction. Our waiting is an active waiting. So I'm glad that Matthew groups these three parables together because after telling us that we need to wait, Christ gives us some hope by giving these parables of the kingdom present and growing. He also takes things that were often associated with negative outcomes and turns them on their head to make them more positive. The mustard seed. For many places, mustard plant, wild mustard plant, is actually considered an invasive weed. Invasive meaning that it establishes, persists, and spreads widely in an ecosystem outside of its natural range. I love that. The kingdom of God, while not like a weed, is also like a weed that establishes, persists, and spreads widely in an ecosystem not natural to it. Also the yeast, often a negative symbol for corruption in Jewish tradition. But Jesus turns it on its head and makes it positive, saying that the kingdom of God is like the yeast that spreads throughout the dough, creating a beautiful loaf. In both these instances, Jesus also gives an otherworldly comparison. Mustard does not normally grow into a massive tree. At most, maybe an extreme example would be a 9 to 10-foot plant. But surely not this grand tree that he envisions in this parable. Similarly, the yeast that this woman must be working with, uh, it's a lot. It equates to about 50 pounds of flour, 
uh, and could feed up to 150 people. So these are extravagant growth that Jesus is talking about in these parables. He's showing us that the extravagant glory of the hoped-for kingdom can already be seen, even now, in the present smallness and ordinariness of life. He also reminds us that the growth does not come by our hands. The seed spreads without the sower helping it. And I love that the second parable says that the woman hid the yeast in the dough, but seemingly put in no other effort beyond that. The extravagant growth of the kingdom of God is only uh, available because of God's power and God's patience. In all three of these parables, Jesus is inviting us to wait and to live in the tension of believing that the kingdom of God has already arrived in his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, and that the kingdom of God is yet to come, to fully arrive, not all in a bang, but in a process of slow, steady growth like a plant or leavening of bread. While we live in this tension, we continue to actively wait, building hope in the present, pursuing justice and care for the world's most vulnerable. We do this when we serve a meal at a local shelter or donate food to their food pantry. We do this as we participate in challenges like the anti-racism equity building challenge, helping us become more aware of the dynamics in our world and how we might uh, push back against them. We do this when we support missionaries near and far. And we wait actively when we pray. Maybe the most important thing that we do. So as citizens of the kingdom of God, we are waiting with patience, an active patience, not like people in a dark room wondering whether someone will come and turn on the light, but rather we wait patiently like people in the early morning who have seen the sunrise and now await the dawn of the bright sunlight of midday. Let us go forth and do so. Amen.